Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Traumatized, the podcast. First off, before I get started, I'd just like to apologize to everybody who was expecting to have a new episode to listen to on Saturday. I had a small hardware problem that came up a couple days before the podcast, and it was making it impossible for me to create any new podcasts because I couldn't hear the audio and wasn't able to make any edits or changes before I would to publish it. So it's all good now, and it is a day late, but unfortunately, like they say, it's better late than never. So now on to our topic here. Today, I'm going to talk about recovery. And basically, as we all know, recovering from our CPTSD and trauma is definitely not an easy thing to do. It takes a long time and a lot of work, many steps involved, and we often feel like we have a lot of setbacks. And unfortunately, what we don't realize in the moment is that setbacks are part of the healing process to recovering from our trauma and our CPTSD. The only thing is, is that it often can make someone like myself feel very disappointed and let down because just when we think we're making progress in our life and starting to feel better, we have a setback and things kind of fall apart and we get very frustrated and very angry with ourselves. And I definitely have plenty of experience with that myself. So recovering from CPTSD and trauma is never easy because recovering from mental health issues is always a challenge. There are many setbacks and there are many hills and obstacles in your way, which you often feel like they're intentionally put there by the perpetrator. Having to find inner peace and teach yourself what feels like from the very beginning that you're safe, that you are once again okay, and that nobody can harm you has always been a very difficult and often nearly impossible task. Not everybody is capable of recovery and healing from their CPTSD. Often it can take many years for some, even 10 years or more of hard work, processing and therapy to get close to feeling like you belong and that you are worth the effort every day in and out. Personally, I have been through instances of abuse from more than one person in my life. Each has their own methods and ways of abusing you, and that makes growing and recovery a difficult and long journey. Every day, there are hints and signs in your past that easily get in the way of living a happy and productive life. Often, we feel moments of pain, and I reflect for a few moments on them as they bring back terrible memories and what feels like the reopening of scars. I know, this is, I have this all the time. It's, some days are very few, and sometimes we have quite a few of them, and it just feels like you're just, you're not getting anywhere. It can be as simple as like myself making dinner and I'm doing a certain method and on the food and I will have a sudden memory of doing it wrong. Like I'll, I'll be doing it wrong or I'll make a mistake on it. And I'll have like in my head, my memory will come back of her getting on my case and making me feel terrible because the eggplant, when I cut it, wasn't straight. And it was either too thin or too thick. And so she would really get on my case about it. 
And so, of course, I would do that at home by myself. And there, of course, she's not there. And it'd be like I'd be having a small trigger going, oh, right. Yeah, I remember. And then, of course, feeling either bad about it or getting angry and saying, oh, she's full of shit. So it's at that's just an example, but it's ridiculous and sad at how simple it can be for you to get triggered like that. So very few people in this world are immune to the effects of physical and mental abuse from a loved one or a partner. Those people tend to be narcissists, psychopaths, or the abusers themselves. What many of us do not realize is that often our abusers at one point in their lives were also abused earlier in their own childhood by their own parents or loved ones, but didn't know how to take care of it and often suppress their pain. And their only means of escape was to put their own pain onto those that they could control and manipulate, like children, partners, uh, co-workers, or employees if they're a boss or someone. So unless your abuser was born a psychopath with no capability of feeling emotions and empathy, then it's likely that at some stage of their lives, they were also abused. The major problems today in society, especially among men, is that we are not supposed to reveal and discuss our pains and emotions, but instead to suppress them, keep them in check, and deal with it. Sadly, this fails, and the abusee then becomes the abuser. Very few people in this world that have been a victim of mental or physical abuse are capable of healing from it without some sort of professional assistance and years of work. So they take out their pain and hidden feelings on people that they have power over, like children or partners. I'm not about to reveal some of my, sorry, I am about to reveal some of my own story about my past relationship with my ex-girlfriend who I will not reveal in detail, but will discuss the important parts of my past in order to establish the story. And some of you who are avid followers of my podcast will already know that my ex is the victim of severe physical and mental abuse at the hands of her family. She was a defenseless, she was defenseless as a child, left to die at the hands of her own mother, who is a narcissist. She grew up learning to constantly fear for her own life and has gone through nearly two decades of therapy to help her recover and begin the healing process, which, needless to say, has been a difficult journey. As I, she suffers from CPTSD and a much more severe case than myself. Growing up in a family whose generations has ab- had abused their children, who then grew up and would abuse their own children, it became a never-ending pattern. She always said that she wanted to end the cycle of abuse, But unfortunately, despite all her efforts and years of paying out of her pocket for therapy sessions every two weeks, she still has a long way to go. She shows signs of narcissistic personality, but also signs of borderline personality disorder. Classic symptoms like blaming another person for all the grief and trouble rather than taking ownership of at least some of the damage and using my own trauma against myself to make me feel worthless and incapable of fighting back. Ultimately, when she decided that she had her fill, she ended the relationship and naturally blaming it on me, not once taking any responsibility for the destruction and failure of this nearly four-year relationship. Over the lifetime of my relationship with her, she repeatedly mentally abused and manipulated me, always trying to make me feel guilty for my own shortcomings. 
because of my own trauma. And despite her lack of expertise, expertise and knowledge on trauma and CPT, CPTSD, she would adamantly proclaim that I had child parts that were fighting against me and also nearly convinced me that the root cause of all my trauma was from my father, which, as it turns out, was false. Sure, my father is not the most educated person in the world and isn't the most laid-back emotional person who does have a short temper and sometimes would act before thinking. However, he loved his children and often would do anything for them to make them happy. He just wanted my brother and I to grow up respectable of, of others, smart, and able to live on around when the time comes. He didn't always know what to do, but that doesn't mean he didn't try his hardest. It is to no surprise of anyone that he too grew up in a family with an abusive parent and unfortunately lived in a time before men were allowed to talk about their feelings and their struggles. A vicious cycle among generations where abuse and control by any means necessary was acceptable in families. So, as I was saying, my partner, it was mostly mental abuse, like, you know, manipulating using my emotions and, and my faults against me, um, often playing the victim game with me. You know, I, like it, was, it was a lot of manipulation. I don't really want to go into too much detail, but there were times where it also led to attempts of physical violence against me as well. There were a few times where she actually did manage to physically hit me and one time even attempted to choke me due to a rage of anger. And number of times when she was getting really angry, she would throw things at me in the kitchen or, you know, something that she could grab. She would throw it at me and didn't really ever apologize for it either. So you could see why... I was getting traumatized and that my CPTSD and triggers were getting worse because instead of being understanding about it, she was just continuing the trend of, of having abuse against my, against me from people like more than one person. So growing up in the eighties and nineties, I also believe that it was not an appropriate thing to express and display feelings and emotions and pain to others but through the tireless effort of being stubborn and having a no-quit attitude, I began to learn that it is okay to express yourself however you see fit. With the help of my few but close friends, I am once again feeling accepted and worthy of love and kindness. Much of my actual repetitive abuse really came from my school years. So like many children who don't quite belong, I was deemed an outcast among my peers because I had poor social skills and was a rambunctious, aggressive child. Well, a lot of us are, but I guess I was way more out there than a lot of them. If it weren't for the fact that I did not like being treated that way, I probably would have become a mess and had a horrible adult life. Growing up in a time where schools never really took bullying, bullying seriously, it was never stopped. And I went through 13 years ago, almost daily harassment from other students in my class. Despite all that, I was very resilient. And in a way, it was, uh, it was a blessing because I avoided all the trends. Like, 
the curiosity into drug use and smoking and ridiculous games that would often lead to experiences that were harmful. Uh, the only problem though, is that I never really had friends in school. And so I never would get invited for parties and never felt like I belonged at school events like dances and other stuff that would happen. So, you know, you soon started to feel, you know, like alone and, and whenever something would start, like any ideas or some new cool thing would happen, you automatically, you know, went into that, oh, I'm, this is not going to be fun. You know, I have no friends and you just kind of didn't want to do it. Like I would, I would try to avoid the event because I knew it would just be more tormenting and feeling alone and nobody wanting to, to interact because you know, nobody in my thoughts, I wasn't liked by anybody. So, you know, it was kind of stupid. So I never knew back then, but it, none of it was really my fault. Yeah, sure. My behavior in the first couple of years of school wasn't right, but just how I grew up before school started. And I honestly didn't know any better. If it wasn't for a very kind an understanding third grade school teacher who saw that I was really capable of that decided who, sorry, someone, you know, like she thought I was really capable of being a better person and decided to give me the benefit of the doubt. I could have turned into someone like possibly sitting in a jail right now or having like a minimal wage job with really no ability to have any kind of compassion and empathy but she truly did help. She literally changed the course of my life by showing me compassion and empathy, which motivated me to change my ways and try to be a better person. Like CPTSD, it didn't mean that I didn't have setbacks. Uh, there were times that I had a difficult time controlling urges and a lot of that turned out to be my ADHD and you know, didn't really know back then. So there was no way of getting any kind of diagnosis or, you know, figuring out, Hey, there's, there's a reason and then trying to fix it. So the last thing here that I'm going to talk about before I get back to the point of this topic is I'm going to discuss my grade six teacher. Now I know many of you out there have had a teacher who bullied and tormented you, um, would abuse their stature of power as a teacher. My uh, grade six teacher, who was named Dennis McNeil, was, who a number of times bullied and embarrassed me in front of my classmates, including this one time, and before I got sent to the, you know, to the principal's office, he made fun of me. And his, this was, it always stands out in my memory. He would, he was in, and the whole class was there. And he said to me, you've heard of Bob Hope, right? You've heard of Bob Hope? And he said, well, you're his cousin, no hope. And of course, the kids listening in and paying full attention to it was, would laugh and thought it was hilarious. So of course, I'm being embarrassed and, you know, totally treated shitty like like 
you know, no, not deserving of that at all. And like that was completely embarrassing and very unacceptable. And I never did say anything to anybody. So I never did anything about it because I was intimidated and afraid. And then, of course, going to, I went to a Catholic school and the last person who would believe that would be the principal. My, I remember a number of years later, actually very recently, that I actually told my dad about it. And he got very furious because, and the way he is, he would have, I remember he said that he would have stormed into that school and confronted him. And of course, that was like why I didn't do anything because I didn't really want him taking care of it in the way he was going to. And that was not smart, you know. So, yeah. So back to this point that of the story and of the type, the topic here. Recovery from repetitive trauma, of course, known as CPTSD, is never going to be an easy road. You're going to have multiple obstacles and you're bound to make numerous mistakes and have false feelings of believing that you're better when in reality you're not. My ex-girlfriend firmly believed that she was no longer affected by her past and her CPTSD, that she had been healed, you know, like she was, that she, cause she was past it and that she was making progress enough that she never could allow it to get to her. But the truth was, is that she was far from healed. And unfortunately, she will never admit this to herself. Her past trauma and experiences with her family ultimately came back out towards me. So despite all her attempts to avoid repeating her parents' steps, she too is abusive towards those that she loves. Sadly, I never had the ability or the chance to confront her on this because I was too beaten down and afraid. Which often most victims of CTPSD and trauma deal with. Now, if by some chance I were to run into her today, you know, I honestly don't think I would be ready to confront her as I am not at that step in my recovery and my healing. The ultimate demise of our relationship, which in reality started nearly about a year into it, was never solely due to one or the other's behaviors and actions. Rather, it was a perfect mixture of both our past traumatic events that picked apart what we both thought was a perfect union of two people. I was too scared to stand up for myself and set her straight and stuck around under that false ideology that I could do no better. That's a low, very low point. When you think that you can do no better than who you're with right now, that is a very bad stage in your life and in your trauma. She's basically gotten to you. She got to me enough that I was scared of ending it. I didn't want to leave. I've, I remember in my mind going, there's no point in leaving. I'm, you know, like she was, she even said to me, like, I remember she was, she would say to me herself, you're never going to find anybody who's going to take the abuse that I have. I, 
I should have left a long time ago, she'd say. She she was manipulative in, in a specific way, right? And had it gotten to the point where I actually believed her and that I thought she was right, that no one else would ever put up with it like she has, that I was lucky to have her, blah, blah, blah. And, you know, so I just stuck around and figured, well, maybe it'll... Maybe it'll get better. Maybe I'll improve and I'll start to feel better about myself and that we'll move on from this. But it never did get there and it never was going to. So many times she did mention that she wasn't able to deal with the problems I am going through, like dealing with my ADHD and my trauma. And she was quite adamant that I was on the autistic spectrum you know, like I had behaviors from my autism that she's claimed that were in the end not true. Um, you know, in reality, we did put up with it far too long. And one of us should have called it quits long before we decided to move in together. Like we, I guess we both thought that we were at a stage that we'd be okay and for the six months, first six months or so, when we moved in, things felt fine, but it was a slow and gradual buildup. And then it just kind of went over the edge and never did recover. And, you know, if I had been smart and I had been able to see what was going on and not been so afraid, I probably would have made a choice a long time ago because it's put me through a lot. And I made a lot of life choices and there's some major changes that occurred, not just in my life, but in her life as well, right? Like I moved to a house, we shared the, the place, we rented it together. Thankfully, we didn't buy anything that, you know, we both co-pay or, you know, like she owns half and I own half because that would have been very bad. And there was, it just, it just felt like she was never capable or didn't want to make an effort to truly understand what I was going through. Like I... I have been able to, along the path of my own recovery, I was able to see a lot of the a lot of the faults and a lot of the problems that existed and that grew over time. There were there was very very little time in our existence together, especially living in that house where we had a long period where we got along and never fought or never had issues or she comp didn't complain about something or I didn't get triggered and caused problems. Like I, I could never fully admit to myself that I needed to find a way out. I needed to change my behavior. I needed to make a choice. When I go back and think about it, yeah, if I had been wise enough and far enough along the path of recovery and healing, I would have chosen 
to move out much earlier, but more on a temporary thing. Because I remember we had a couple times where we discussed the option of me kind of leaving for, oh, I don't know, six months and work on myself. And that if I was doing better, that we'd, I'd move back in and that we would continue. And when I think about it, there is a part of me that agrees and, and I'm saying, yeah, I should have done that. It wasn't smart that I stuck around and never really took control of it on my own end. But at the same time, she never did anything on her side. She never once admitted that she had any fault in this, that there was anything to do with her. And that was really, when, it, when you really think about it, that was the fall, the whole downfall of this relationship is that I was the one that was led to believe that it was all my fault, that I had all the blame in this and that none of it was her problem that none of this was on her. And anybody listening to this, I can imagine you're sitting there going, she's so full of shit, that's not true. What the hell is wrong with her? Why would she think this way? Well, this is what happens when you're raised by narcissists and by abusers, that you start to, even if it's a slow thing, and if it's only partial, you begin to repeat the same errors that your parents and that their parents did. She never wanted to admit that she had anything to do with it. That's That would be against her principles because it's not her fault. And it was my fault. Now, if I could go back and, you know, face the music and, and be strong enough and brave enough to speak up, I would have fought her hard on that. I would have said, no way. That's not true. You are just as much to blame for all of this that I, than from when I am. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll admit I accept my problems. I had my own problem to do with this and I caused a lot of the issues, but you did too. And if you think that you didn't, that is such a bunch of crap. So, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. She had, uh, there were many situations where she was a very kind, caring, and loving person, right? But it was often overshadowed by the fact that she is far from being healed from her CPTSD. Her life full of traumatic events and, you know, the way she lived and all her ordeals that she went through there was just, it was just too much. And we're just not meant for each other. We're not right for each other at this point in our lives. And I don't think, and I definitely can't see it from my end, that we ever will be. Because it was just too much. You know? Now, my recovery in this whole ordeal is far from over. And there will be many turns and setbacks that will surprise me, you know. Uh, but I do feel that I am more ready today than I ever have been. And the fact that I've made so much personal progress and I've come to understand what exactly happened to me 
and the desire to change and to heal and to move forward from my past before I even make an attempt ever with anybody else is progress. It's, this is part of my recovery and I'm getting there. Now, for everybody out there who's dealt with this, you know, like it's, it's a hard, it's a hard thing to understand and it's even harder to accept and admit that we need help. To say to somebody that I need help in this, that I need to find someone who knows how to help me, like a therapist who can listen and understand every little thing and explain it to me and take the time and make all that effort to show me that it's going to be a process and that I need to heal. It's, yeah, it's a lot of work and it's going to, it's going to take time to get there. I've been working on this for at least a couple of years now. I think I'm in my third year and I've made a lot of progress, but I also know that it's, there's a lot to go still. It's not the best news, but it's, it's something that I understand and I am more than ready to accept the fact that I'm going to need to do more. There's a, there's a lot in the way that still needs to be brought up and still needs to be worked on. But the one thing for sure is that I'm not going back. Recovery is going to be a journey. It's going to be sitting in your beat up car with an engine that runs half good, sometimes stalls on you. Sometimes you have a hard time starting it in the morning. You're going to find hills that you just can't get up and you got to go back. And then you're going to have days where you're going to feel great and you're going to feel that you are happy and that you've moved on. But don't be surprised if you have moments where you're going to have a few setbacks. But it's okay. It's all part of our journey to healing. Recovery is going to be one of the hardest things you ever do. But it's also going to be one of the best things that ever happens to you. All right, everyone. There's your episode. I hope that what I've said today is going to be helpful for you. It's going to be encouraging. It's going to help motivate you to move forward. Maybe it'll help you find the right person to help you, you know, find ways to get you through this. I'm here for you guys. This is my main goal with this podcast is to give everybody a little bit of help that voice to help motivate and push you to move forward and to continue the healing process and learn from your trauma. 
it's not easy, but that's just the way it goes. And we will get there. Whether it's together or on our own, we will get there. If you'd like to comment or you want to get in touch with me, there are a few ways of contacting me. You can get to me on Twitter. My handle is at traumatizedpc. If you want to email me, you can definitely do that. My email address is traumatizedpodcast2023 at gmail.com. My website is available. It's www.podcast, sorry, traumatizedpodcast.link. I definitely want to hear from you. If there's anybody out there who would be interested in being a guest on my show that would love to tell their story, of course, in private, please let me know and that we can definitely work on getting it done. All right, everyone. Have a great weekend and I shall talk to you soon. Bye for now. Mm -hmm.